Guys, welcome back to the Built for Life podcast. Happy New Year. Jen, do you want to say Happy New Year? Happy New Year. I'm actually like really annoyed that it's the 11th of January and I'm still saying Happy New Year. This is the last time I'm saying it. When does it stop? Like, when do you stop saying it to people? I think like it's one of those things where, see, when um, like I worked in an office like with people, yeah. um, like you would you would say it like the first day you went back and then there was like a mutual agreement that we can all stop saying that. Um, but I feel like now, because I don't see everyone at once, like when you go back to work, you'd see everybody at once. See now, because I don't see everybody at once, I'm like, it's we're like fucking two weeks in, I'm happy new year. Uh, like I've had enough now, no more. And I feel like time passes so quickly though that it doesn't feel that long ago. So like I'll bump into someone like start of February and I'm like, happy new year. really need to stop it but that's actually kind of like a topic of conversation today we want to create a podcast talking about january but not talking about january at the same time stop talking about fucking january stop talking about the fact that it's january stop telling me what january's like stop telling me how fucking miserable january is stop stop basing all of your content on the fact that it's fucking january had enough 100%. 100%. And this this is kind of both for coaches and also for, you know, people who work with coaches, people who are yeah. on their, their own journey of uh, self-development, improvement, transformation. I think uh, one thing we were speaking about prior to this call um, was obviously what Jen just said. She went on the exact same rampage to me as she just went on to you guys, but probably in far more depth and there's probably more swear words than <laughs> there was live, even though we're, we're accustomed to a fucking a curse word anyway. Um, but all you will see right now at this time of the year commercialised is it's January. New year, new me, um, for a lot of people it's resolutions, for a lot of coaches it's them reminding you that it's January and realistically that you're a fucking idiot if you're not taking action right now and if you're not working towards your goals. And I know we touched on it in the last podcast anyway that we obviously threw together unexpectedly and hopefully anyone that was missing the podcast enjoyed that podcast um, because something's always great when you're not expecting it, right? Um, So I think for us, like we really want to kind of talk about the fact that you need to stop basing January or not even January, just times of the year as time to start or a time to stop. Like you need to stop buying into like this commercialized bias, not only just by like companies and how they push it and personal trainers and coaches and the fitness industry, but also just like the people you surround yourself with and the kind of pattern they use. Like there's nothing worse as well than like in January, the amount of people you meet. And it's like, don't dry January, by the way. Don't dry January, by the way. And do you know, it's so funny because I think... Congratulations. Boring. Yeah, I think about people who like make content on social media, like how fucking annoying is it when fitness people just talk about fitness? How annoying is it when someone just reminds you that they ran a marathon or some shit? And it's like, well, why are you telling me that you're fucking doing dry January? Why does it have to be dry January? You know what I mean? Just for I you know. to finish the rest of the year. I know. And see, the thing is, see, the only time that you need to tell me when you're if you're not drinking is when if I'm offering you an alcoholic drink and then see at that point, I'll say, no bother. That's fine. And I won't ask you anything about it again. See that this is going to offend a lot of people. Right. And it's just it's just a personal fucking bugbear. Right. And don't get me wrong, a lot of it is driven driven by societal expectations. So you're not solely individually to blame. Right. It's a very cultural thing. But see when people feel the need to over-exaggerate the fact that they're not drinking. Like, went a night out, didn't drink, on the alcohol freeze, right? And I get, obviously, June, dry January, sober October, all of them, everybody is over-emphasising the fact that I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking. And I'm like, do you know what? Really, that is a great thing, right? Good for you. If you're someone who drinks on a regular basis, right? I think for us, I can go two months without drinking and not even notice that I've not drank because I'm not a regular 
drinker. I'm not really a house drinker. I drink seasonally and I'll drink at certain events, but there'll be a lot of events that I just don't drink at because I can't I just can't be arsed, right? That's the relationship I have with alcohol. I recognise not a lot of people do, and that's absolutely fine. And if you're someone who drinks regularly, then going a month without drinking is a huge achievement, right? But I don't need to know right. that you're not drinking, right? Like, and I feel like it's almost as if it's that it's that look, seeking gratification and validation for the fact that I'm doing this great thing where I'm not drinking, and I'm like, right, that's okay. But then, what does February look like for you? Are you every weekend getting steaming in February? Because then, what was the point in dry January if it's fucking? I can't even think of something that, like, as another analogy, fucking steam in February, right? <laughs> what, what, what's then the point? And that's that's where my issue comes with so many of the things that the industry capitalizes on at this time of year. Is it just reinforces? It just reinforces an attempt at temporary behaviors and temporary actions with no clear intention. So, like, I get uh, what I think is quite cool is um, there's a lot of people who do this thing now called sober curious where they think, where it's probably like, I don't have a bad relationship with alcohol, I'm not an alcoholic or a, a problem drinker, but I'm exploring how I feel, kind of having extended periods of time sober, and I'm thinking about maybe giving up completely. And there's loads of dead interesting people, obviously in TikTok, like I'm not going to pretend to you that I read an article, I've seen it on TikTok, um, and like people who have been sober for a long time talking about the different things that they do to like um, prioritise sobriety in their life, things that they do for fun instead, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's great because that's you experimenting with an actual behaviour change, right? Or going like semi-sober where you'll take extended periods of time off and maybe drink at like three big events a year or whatever, or seeing how long you can go. That's an attempt at a behaviour change. Whereas if you spend all of dry January talking about how you're not drinking January, not drinking, not had a drink for weeks, not had a drink for weeks, and then it hits February and you're fucking that's you just back to normal and then drinking every month, then I question what the point is. Do you know what I mean? Because then you're not actually engaging, you have no intention to change a behaviour there. You're just letting everybody know that you've done dry January and then you're back to square one. What's the point? And they're always commenting as well, like gagging for a drink, can't wait for January, got this big night lined up on January, like the the, the fourth or whatever it is, can't can't wait to to go with the girls, can't wait to go with the guys, like all the boys are getting together, all the girls are getting babysitters for their wains and you're like, what's the point? Do you know what, fair fucks, go and enjoy your big night out, right? But like, if you've done dry January and you've genuinely thought, I can see a huge improvement in my mood, my health, my sleep, then experiment with doing a fucking dry fortnight in February. Do you know what I mean? Like, same. I just feel like it's almost like that. It's the same, it's the exact same as the the the, the yo-yo dieting. It's the literal exact same thing. It's that experimentation with a behaviour for a set period of time with no promise. It's the same as your mom eating you chuck out every piece of Christmas chocolate and every fucking, let's eat every cracker in the house before January starts because as of January, none of these foods are allowed in the house, they're taboo, and then the second January ends, it all comes back. It's um, it's funny as well because like you can see that happen so often over Christmas. Like I remember like times at home where my mum was like, right, back after Christmas, back to my Weight Watchers, blah, 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 back in the day. And it would hit like January 27th, January 28th. And it's like, right, okay, how do we get all this stuff out of the house? And it would be like, you eat it. And I'm like, I'm not fucking eating it. Go <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it to other people or, you know what, you can actually still throw it in the bin. Like one of the most empowering things actually is throwing something in the bin that you would have once seen that you had 
or you would have perceived had control over you and you've been able oh, to say, yeah. what like I I'm just going to choose to throw this out like I think a lot of the time people tell themselves stories to keep things because they're like oh do you know what I don't want to waste it like that's mm. money throwing down the drink because we don't we're brought up with all these things we're brought up with like penny pinching mentalities oh, like don't waste a thing. Yeah. I don't waste a thing eat everything on your plate make sure that if you buy something you eat it make sure that um you're just you're not letting anything go to waste. And that obviously comes from, I think, There's a lot. kids in Africa who are starving. Exactly. So you'll finish your fucking dinner. And then if you say them, we'll send it to the mains in Africa, then I... straight to your ground. <laughs> 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 but I think when you when you start to like think back and, and you, you you do reflect, you start to see how these things have continuously impacted you if you've always mm-hmm. then started to engage in those sorts of behaviours. Because I remember sitting when I was younger and my dad, like when we were on holiday and stuff, actual gives me the bulk now right he would finish like if we never finished our meal like obviously it was me my mum my dad my sister my brother <laughs> my dad would literally finish everyone's plates so, like if there was a bit on each plate he would finish it and oh, pure red night man sometimes even they got to the end and he would pick the plate up and start licking it <laughs> no. that's such a dad we used to call my dad nunu for the teletubbies because oh. he was the same just hoover everything and he would eat off your plate before you were finished fucking gannet man and the thing is joanne's like you've got that for your dad because you're pure eyeing my stuff up before you finish and i'm like well that's because what i've actually because a lot of the time they actually tend to under order and then mm. i like I, I really want something and it comes in a shitty portion and i'm like right i've ordered this because i thought i was actually going to get fed here and i'm eyeing hers up because i know that she doesn't usually finish a meal anyway really intuitive that way and i just fucking want the rest of it because i'm i'm, I'm not actually fed <laughs> it's not like i'm trying to stuff myself you know but um in January, like I think there's so many things to contend with that people are not taking into consideration because they're just so focused on these things like making sure that all the chocolate's out of the house, making sure that they're back on their diet, making sure that they are focusing on dry January and not drinking, making sure that they start back the gym and upload pictures to their Snapchats and their Instagram, like first one back at it. It's like if you're always a first one back at it type of person, you're not looking at the opportunity that you that you have in front of you to become someone that never sees exercise, like diet, not well, not dieting specifically, because dieting is not a lifestyle, but keeping yourself in good shape, staying yeah. healthy year-round, making right, the right choices, like developing the right behaviours, you're missing out on the trick here because you're choosing to just think so one-dimensionally about the same thing at the same points every single year. Yeah, and and that's that's where my, my frustration comes in for so many people because I don't think they they believe that at that point that they are engaging in temporary behaviour change. And this is where it's a huge red flag for me for people in January is when they're like, that's I'm so motivated. I'm all in, like I'm so focused. I'm like, this is going to be the year. I'm so energised. I'm so, and I'm like, I totally get that because I have felt that every January of my life. And I think it's, and the thing is, is it's not a bad thing, Right. I think everybody, this is what I said um, in the last podcast, it fucks me off and coaches are like, fuck your new year, new me, January, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's totally normal to see a new year as a fresh start, right? It's a good thing, but like, work with it and understand for yourself. So when will this steam run out? The steam always runs out. So see when, and I probably sound like a bit of a Debbie Downer, because when we're working with people and they say, I'm so energised, I'm like, that's great. But we need to make a plan for when this energy goes, right? Because right. if you overexert yourself, like when, when that motivation comes, again, coaches are always, I don't rely on motivation. Don't rely on it, I, but like motivation will still come. So it's a great thing when it comes. It's a huge energy push. Have a baseline that you know you can meet. So when the motivation comes, you can push beyond that. 
right? And then when the motivation leaves, you can go back to a good baseline that's still going to move you forward, right? But that isn't a huge push of overexertion. And something that took me a really long time to learn was that, and I, I've had to learn this with fat loss and I've had to learn it with running as well, is that just be, like going faster isn't always a good thing, right? So like pushing yourself to go and do it as fast as you possibly can. I want to get this done. I can't remember how many times, how many times have I said to you, I want to get this fat loss phase finished. Still no finished, right? Just because you want it to go at a certain rate, and you want it to go fucking super fast, that doesn't really mean that you're in control of that. And it's just that classic fucking tortoise in the hair story, but like just because you keep running faster and faster and faster doesn't make you a faster runner. Like just because you keep dieting harder and harder and harder doesn't improve your relationship and nutrition. And I think there comes a point where you need to accept the reality of the fact that this might have no end date. And and I've had to catch myself even this year thinking, right, if I'm this weight by Hyrox and if I'm that weight by the marathon, then I need to have this amount off by then. And I was like, stop. Like you you you've done this to yourself every single year of your life. Like allow yourself to have the goal and adhere to the day to day. And and allow the goal to come in the time that the goal is ready to come. Because I know that my expectations will always my expectations never going to be met. Nobody's expectation is ever met when it's overinflated and it's misplaced. And that's where my frustration comes with the January energy, I suppose, and the push and the focus is that, yes, it's a really great and exciting thing when you're embarking on a new journey. But I can't tell you how mentally freeing it is as somebody who has spent my whole life this way to not be starting again in January. Like, see if I could give anybody a gift, anybody in the whole world a gift, it would be the gift of having the first January of your life where you're not starting again. Like, I can't tell you how mentally freeing it is for me to be walking into the gym in January, having been going to the gym consistently for, like, very consistently, I would say probably for, like, 10 months-ish, because I had that injury at the start of last year. Um, But to be walking into the gym, not petrified, not in clothes that I've just had to buy that are two sizes bigger than the last ones that I was wearing, like, in pain because I've not trained in such a long time. Like, to have been in the the gym from the end of December to then walk in again at the beginning of January and not be starting again. And the thing is, if you are starting again, there's nothing wrong with that either. But, like... This is the first January of my whole life that I'm just continuing what I was already doing. And see that, I would take that over the fucking January motivation any fucking day of my life. 100%. And we're actually working with so many people like that now that have always at Christmas time, not even Christmas time, probably maybe what the last maybe eight to 12 weeks of the year, always just plummeted. Like you've always, if you want to call it, fell off the wagon. Um, yeah. Terminology suits you best that have came into January, their first check-ins of the year have been fucking, like, seamless. Seamless. It's like, yeah, okay, a couple of days I had a few more quality streaks than that, but apart from that, it was spot on. Maybe I took a few more rest days, which is completely warranted as well when you've got more things to focus on, like the people around you, you're visiting family, friends. Totally normal, but people are like, I feel in a fantastic spot. And it's because part of it, of course, is obviously the the, the help that we give them to, to kind of transform those behaviours and explore with them and be in overall control. And also to take ownership and responsibility of their actions as well, because that's what many people don't do. I think, as you said, when people are leading with a specific type of energy, 
they don't stop to reflect what kind of headspace they were in at that time when it does come tearing down. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes don't always see why it's important to take ownership and responsibility of, I should not have been thinking in that way. Mm-hmm. I should have been approaching it with caution at the same time as feeling dead super motivated. Because we have seen it from clients coming in, they start their journey, they're doing 30k steps a day for the first three weeks. And I'm like, that is, that's going to come crashing down because you, you're not yeah. going to do that all the time. Like I have been there, you've been there, it's not going to be sustainable. And some people think that you're trying to fucking rain on their parade when you do it. And you're like, I'm just looking out for you. I and know, you have to take responsibility of the fact that you you actually don't know what uncharted territory stands before you and stands ahead of you. So you need to take the advice that you've actually invested to, to get because yeah. you know and that's the thing like so many coaches when that's happening will just be like fucking yes on you go brilliant and that's not what we do because we are behavior based we're like that behavior yeah. is going to lead you down a slippery, slippery slope and we've had people who have not been able to pull themselves back from that when it does come crashing down yeah just completely disengage in the coaching process yeah they're like you know what tried it like and the thing is, this is why it's so important to take ownership and responsibility in the mindset. They'll be like, I've tried it. It didn't work. So I'm destined to stay this way forever. Instead of being like, it was the way that you were thinking and approaching it. That yeah. means that you're never going to be able to sustain it. And, and Yeah, and- I, had, I had no intention of breaking the cycle in the first place. I, exactly. Exactly. So we've got all these people coming back at the start of the year. Some people obviously, like, not perfect but better than they've, they've kind of ever been. And it's down to all of these different factors and it's so empowering seeing so many people being able to be like, you know what, trained over the Christmas period, I looked after myself, I enjoyed myself when I when I had to enjoy myself, but I am like full steam ahead now, like there's nothing holding me back, there's no different feeling now than there was two weeks ago on Christmas Day, it's just the same feeling, the same approach, and they, they, they start to see how powerful that is, because it's no longer, I'm going through this process to lose weight or to look a particular way or to achieve an outcome it's more like this is just how I can confidently live for the rest of my life at any given time if I can do this at Christmas I can do it in the summer if I can do it in the summer I can do it Easter if I can do it Easter I can do it October week trying to think what holidays like between (laughs) you know what I mean um so it's so important that you take that responsibility and ownership as well for for like the mindset that you adapt through what you expose yourself to and be open to it's not really criticism and it's not really constructive feedback either just be open to the reality of the process and the reality of what it is that you're battling with and working with because until you do you're always going to think you know best and if there's anything that I have ever known about myself or developed to know about myself is that I don't build the right to know what's best for me until I've been taken through a, a definitive process that's proven to work and show that I can then maintain that outcome yeah. So if I can't get to the outcome and also maintain it with a really strong process that allows me to say this is exactly how I do that, then you you can't have trust in yourself. You you, you can't. Yeah. I can rely on upon myself here because you can't because you are not thinking in the fucking right way to be able to do this. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think that's where I think that's where people miss allowing the previous year's lessons to be the next year's intentions. And like, I'm honestly, I'm so in my soapbox about this and people will be fucking sick of hearing me say it. But I, th- I think that's that's where my frustration comes from when I watch people. And it's not even just frustration. It's like, oh, it's the, it's someone who I feel like I'm very much not completely through it, but I'm definitely on the other side of it. Is just seeing people repeat those same behaviour cycles with the same beliefs and watching them creep back in. 
to their day-to-day -day life and you think, God, they're getting so close to breaking this behaviour pattern, they're getting so close to getting new creating new evidence for this belief and then they bounce back into that old repeated behaviour pattern and it, it's so tough to watch because it's one of those things where the lessons, the evidence is trying to tell you something, the evidence will always show you where you need to do the work and that was something that you you taught me really well is that look at the evidence of when you fall down, where you fall down, like what happens, like and getting really, really granular on the detail of that so that you don't buy into your own bullshit. And I actually have a notes list on my phone that I created right before Christmas, which was like bullshit, bullshit belief, like my own bullshit belief. So what are the stories that I will tell myself so that I don't need to play the game in my mind, but like so that I can be aware of it like when it's there and like what you were saying about like um uh, when you were talking about like when you were younger and like having to finish all the food in your plate and blah 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 one of the things I noticed with me is um, a hotel breakfast right mm -hmm. so I feel and this is for years of going away like you like you was, like three kids in the family like money wasn't you know plentiful so if we went away somewhere we were getting more money's worth right and i am my father's daughter yeah. i'm getting my money's worth no matter where i go and um something that i've had to really like work on as an adult which it sounds so daft but i feel like this is a granular level of detail you need to get on when you really want to change your behaviors is um not like i live in myself to eat what I would normally eat in a day to day at a hotel breakfast and not feeling like I have to have as much as I possibly can. Like yeah, I can yeah. remember us going away um during Christmas and New Year. By this point my older sister had moved out, so it was just me and my wee sister. And we went to um Aviemore. There used to be a big Hilton in the Aviemore in Aviemore and it was like dead family based and they would do kids' clubs and all that. Me and my wee sister wouldn't go to that because we were fucking weirdos. We wouldn't play with any other kids <laughs> except each other. If she's listening to this, she'll piss herself laughing. We used to do all this kids' entertainment and magicians and discos. We wouldn't go to a fucking thing because uh -huh. we were fucking weirdos. We would only hang about with each other. But um, they used to do this massive like American style breakfast, like stuff that we would never see. There was a waffle station and all that. So we all used to go fucking tonto, obviously. My mom and dad weren't back in their diet till January. My mom used to like um any this is such a Scot every Scottish mom does this. She used to wrap up like muffins and like pastries and all that and a napkin and shove them in a handbag later on, right? So as an adult, I've had to really like learn um what's the word? Not restriction, discipline <laughs> yeah. when it comes to like a hotel breakfast, right? So like when me and Paul are away, I'm like to eat breakfast, 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 and he was like Jen we don't really eat breakfast at home. Like, I need that reminder of the fact that I eat breakfast food, but I tend to not eat until, like, lunchtime. It's just, in my night, I just don't. Um, I just don't get hungry until about that time of day. So he was like, so we don't normally eat <laughs> breakfast at home, so we don't need to eat the hotel breakfast. I know it's included, right? But you don't need to eat the hotel breakfast. Or if I do want it, allowing myself to just have scrambled egg toast and mushrooms, as I would have at home, because I eat that every single day of my life. <laughs> And and even and it is just simple things like that. So I have like a note on my phone that's like, you don't need to eat the hotel breakfast. You don't actually like fry ups. I would never eat a fry up at home. Paul loves a fry up. I just don't really like them. I need to be in the mood for it. And I'm normally hungover if I'm eating a fry up. You don't like fry ups. You don't need to eat the hotel breakfast. Like it's fine. Let it go. And it's wee things like that because I know that if I've been 
overeating or more flexible with food. I wouldn't really say like I overeat to the extreme anymore, but if I've been more flexible with food, then I can start to get a bit food fixated. So if I've been too flexible, I can start to be too fixated on what am I eating next and what am I in the mood for and what am I going to eat? And I can be a bit like a child in a toy shop, a way in a sweet shop, and I'm like, oh, food, food, food. And at that point, I'm like, right, you need to bring this back now because it's becoming too much the main event. You know, it needs to be like a side character in my life. It can't be the main character. So it's just wee things like that, that that's all my intentions to change one behaviour, but being granular and where does this show up and where does this trip me up? So looking back at my year, where have things tripped me up? Last year, what tripped me up was not necessarily being on holiday itself, but when I came back from holiday. So eating and stuff like that. And I now know if I'm on holiday for a week to 10 days, I'm cool. Any longer than that, that's when my eating starts to become at risk. I'm great the first week. And then the second week is where things start to go to shit. So I know now that's where I need to place intention this year on doing the work. It's not just a case of I need to stick to all of this 100% of the time all year round that I'm a fucking failure. But learning from what I know about myself already and not believing the bullshit of, oh, this time will be different without actually creating a specific plan for the second week where I know things will start to go awry for me. So it's just, it's like... I feel like if you really truly want to break free from your behaviour patterns and change your beliefs, you need to you need to reflect on a granular level as to where these things are tripping you up. So if you do want your motivation to stay and you do want to be focused and energised for everything the whole year round, you need to get super, super specific on what are the things that are tripping you up. And instead of just being in denial about it, accepting the the reality of it and working with it objectively instead of just I'm I'm moving past it. That's I don't know I'm in a rant right now. Oh, no, that, that's another thing that really fucks me off. I'm not thinking about it. I'm moving past it. It's done. Drawing a line, moving on. And I'm like, yeah, emotionally, yes, great. Draw a line, move on. Don't beat yourself up. But tangibly, we need to look at the specifics of what went wrong here. Because if we don't, if we don't look at it, I'm not looking at the specifics to make you beat yourself up. I need you to look at the specifics so we know what we need to look out for the next time. Like, take the data from it. And I get that want to draw a line and move on, but that's just you trying to ignore the fact that it actually happened. And until you accept the reality of where you are, you can't change anything. So if you don't accept the reality and you live in denial about where you are and what went on, you can't actually change something until you accept the reality of where you are. So you're just preventing yourself from ever moving forward because you see it as limbo, right? I've gained weight over this last couple of weeks, but I'll spend the next couple of weeks getting that weight off. So I'll just pretend the whole thing didn't exist and then everything will be fine, right? I'll just ignore Mark, Jen and Rue for the next couple of weeks until I get the Christmas week off and then I'll get back into the gym so that when they inevitably come and ask me how I am, I'm a big ghost in the first time, right? But then I'll get back to them the second time and say, oh, everything's fine, guys. Christmas week's off, been back in the gym. But then we're taking no stock of that two weeks previous, right? Where things maybe didn't go to plan. And again, this is where it's so important for you to be intuitive, but also, also like... Also accepting of what you actually want, because see, if you do want to spend the whole two weeks of Christmas 
even drink yourself into oblivion. Sound. That's absolutely fine. If you want to do that and you can live with the consequences of that, go for it. Nobody's going to stop you from doing that. But don't tell me that you want one thing, do another, and then just be like, not talking about it, moving on. Um, like, we need the data, we need the information. And then act surprised when it happens again. That's the oh. big one. Like, like I thought, no, I thought it was over this. Why is this happening again? It's like, no, well, you, you, you were over it emotionally, as yes. you said. But you, you never put anything tangibly in place to fix it. So why are you surprised? And why are you going off your nut? Like, I think that's that's the biggest thing. Like, see what I, I watch people get themselves into a tizzy and literally lose their shit because we've seen some people lose their fucking shit. Yeah. Like, why are you losing your shit when you, you actively just dismissed all of these things? Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, like, some people will actively choose, like, we will... We, We'll, we'll look at situations and we'll be like, yes, you're, you're ready to move past it, but let's look at this. And then some people might be like, no, I'm too busy. Like, honestly, I'm feeling fine. I'm back to doing this, back to doing that. And we're just like, inevitably, this is going to happen again. Yeah. And I think sometimes for us, we need it to happen again for people to go, okay, I actually need the help now. Because yeah. if it happens once and it's not painful enough, it will happen again and be painful enough for you to change. Some people take three, four, five, six times. The people obviously that give up before they get to the point where it's maybe painful enough to change other people will never get there like i've seen people do the same shit 10 times over then finally the 11th time it's like okay you know what i'm ready to take stock of this yeah and that was me yeah yeah exactly living proof proof. i'm laughing but like you're more fucking putting the muffins and all that in our bag i know exactly i know exactly what you're talking about it's even like whenever i went to like dublin and belfast and all that sort of stuff to deliver talks there's breakfast in the morning and it's funny because I don't really eat breakfast either. Like yeah. I've I've not eaten today yet, and um, and I think to myself like when I'm I'm organising like the event the day before, getting the room set up and all that, and then having to be there early in the morning, I'm like, well, I need to go up and train or I need to go up and run, so I'm not going to be able to get breakfast. That's shite. And I'm like, when do I ever eat breakfast? I know. Like, I know. You know what I mean? And if I do go now, like I always will make sure, as you said, it's like scrambled eggs. Like a lot of them will be like half my plate of scrambled eggs. Aye. Um and. I, get, I don't really eat kind of carbs that much in the morning, to be honest. Um, I feel as if it just put me in a wee bit of a coma, but it'll be like all protein based. And especially when I go back um, home and I go to these events and stuff, people will be like, oh, do you know, just come back and eat hundreds of square sausage and bacon. And I was like, well, no, because I never really ate it that frequently before. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I'm not going to come back and just be like, oh, this is this is everything I'm going to have because I, I, I can't access it. The thing is... Your eyes, your eyes light up when you're in my house and you get an iron brew extra, but that's about it. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but to be fair, like, you can still get pork. I know. Like, it just costs so much money. There's, like, a non-Muslim section in the supermarkets and you go in and it's, like, it's, like, the fucking spam and all that and all, like, spam is in there, like, spam's on the shelf. Spam's, like, a fiver. Like, what? Like, that, that is people back home that, like, obviously like spam, but maybe I run a bit of a budget. Um, and I'm like, who the fuck can I afford five pounds spam? And then the, the bacon, like it's maybe a six pack of bacon. It's like 10 quid. And I'm like, I'm not paying 10 quid for a fucking 10 pack of bacon. Like bacon is good. It's not that good. You know what Aye. I mean? Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, because so many people adopt that mentality. And I think so many people go with the intention of like ripping it. Like there's nothing I like more, especially if I'm going on holiday and stuff and I'm traveling like we spoke about on countless occasions, like even things we've delivered on inside the programme, like feeling my best when I want to feel my best. So like if I've mm. worked hard to look and feel my best to go on holiday and I want to be by a pool not feeling like a fucking, a whale, using people's terminology there, I don't think I would ever have described myself really as a, as a yeah. whale. <laughs> but, Probably me, you've heard that for I, But if I, want it, <laughs> if I want to look good and I want to feel good at that point, I'm like, right, okay, well, do I normally eat breakfast? No, so why would I eat breakfast and probably make myself feel shitty in the afternoon? 
um, mm-hmm. when I actually want to feel my best. If I want to feel my best, am I going to go and like binge out on chips and burgers and all that sort of stuff? And the heat and all, I can't eat shit like me. Well, I so like I'm always like fish, rice based, potatoes based, like see almost like the kind of like air fried chips places give you when you're abroad. Like they're not too mm-hmm. green, not too oily and stuff like that as well. So Paul, Paul hits the fucking bulk at the fish and seafood that I eat when we're away. But if I'm at like a ha- if I'm at a seaside fucking village. I'm going fish daft. 100%. And what I was going to say about the kind of granular um, aspect of what you were talking about, why it's so important. Like, we've obviously been doing planning calls this week with all our guys. And so many people have sent us over some, like, incredible, like, focus, uh, focused goals for 2024 on, like, kind of four different facets of their life. It's, like, their health, their freedom, so, like, the things they want to do in their spare time, the hobbies they want to, they want to engage with, the, the places they want to go, the goals that they have for, like, friends, family, like, who they want to see, when they want to see them, and um, what connections they want to build. And then the last one is, like, business, career, finances. What are the goals this year for that? And it basically is then spread into, like, what are the goals, what are the standards and behaviours, and then what are the boundaries? And you need to get really clear, because I always talk about the fact that when you throw a goal out into the ether and hope that it sticks, it's never going to stick when you just say, this is what I want this year you need to look so granular at the details because like, say you want to lose body fat. It's not just a case of, I need to track my calories and get my 10,000 steps in per day. It's like, right, okay, what prohibits you from getting your 10,000 steps in a day? What prohibits you from tracking your calories? What do you know is the thing that almost like cuts the cord? It's like, I was going to do it. This thing happens, the cord's cut, and then you don't go on to do it. it What do you tell yourself when you're debating whether you should or shouldn't do it? I, exactly. Do you not get your bed in time? Do you stay up too late? Do you stay in your phone too late? Because that's a contributing factor. So do you have to make sure that one of your standards and behaviours is you put your phone down at a certain time, pick up a book and make sure you're sleeping for X time to make sure that you go up in the morning so that you're not fucking chasing your tail. And that that is what how people have to look at things, you know? And as you said, granular with the details, like when they go away on holiday or when they travel, like, oh, I've just noticed every time like I go to the shop and I'm driving to a mate's house, I'll always pick up... <clears throat> A full, um, a full sugar can I brew in a protein bar. It's like, well, there's 300 calories plus maybe that you never even realised you were taking in. Every time that you travel abroad, do you eat breakfast when you usually don't eat breakfast? Mm-hmm. Do you eat two plates at a time? Like, mm-hmm. when you can get granular like that, it allows you to actually know where you need to do the work. And I've sent a few people away already, like, out back to, like, work on the rest of their stuff again to come back to us. Because I'm like, you're not granular enough here. You're not mm-hmm. telling us the details that actually have to change for this to be successful. And the only way that we can help them is if they're completely honest with what all of those things are. And that's why I asked them on the call as well, like if I could see you behind closed doors, what would I mark you down on? Like if I lived with you and I seen all your daily actions, but you kind of knew, like you didn't know I was there, like fucking mad pervert in the closet. Um, which, <laughs> like what would I see you do? And the other great question as well that obviously you'd ask to be put in was um, like, what are you going to do to make sure that you continue hitting these actions when the feelings and the the interests no longer align? Like, how are you going to put these things in motion? And it's been really nice seeing the kind of answers from people, like what they're coming up with. Um, because I think there's a, there's a real, there's a real misconception with that. Like everyone's going to need systems in place to remind them why they're doing things when things are no longer great. I actually said to guys last night, I know I talk about, about the rule of thirds a lot, but I feel like fucking half the time shite, not a third of the time. Yeah. I feel like fucking 95% of the time shite, you know what I mean? And you, you'll get me there, um, because I know that we are kind of the same in that sense. But what keeps me going 
like to do these things when they feel that shite, like that amount of time. And I actually listened to the Huberman and um, David Goggins podcast. I'm not too sure if you've listened to it yet. I've not. Callie was telling me about it, but I need to listen to it. It's fantastic. And I've actually went away and I've started doing a lot of like research into like the 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 mid uh, it's not the mid frontal cortex, it's the um no 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 it's um the mid cingulate cortex. Um and it's basically how the more you do things like the, the 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 scientists have basically called it like this is where they believe your world to live comes from. Mm-hmm. Like this thing grows in your brain and it only grows when you do things that you don't like to do. So Oh I've- yeah, it's the it's like the it's the establishment of new neural pathways. Yeah. So it's like um it's I don't know all of the complex details because I'm not a neuroscientist, but the is it the part of your brain that grows like is it the, like the resilience part? So it's like when your it's like when your tolerance for discomfort yes. like expands that part of your brain grows. Aye, exactly, exactly. So I was reading into like a lot of cool stuff about it off the back of it, and even they were talking about in the podcast how like it will not grow if you do difficult things that you like to do. So yeah. people will always still say to me like, "How do you how do you run those distances? You must like it if you do it." And I'm like, I genuinely don't like it that much. I don't. I, don't. <laughs> like, I know. It's, it's for the resilience building. Like that is what it's for. Yeah. Uh, I think there's there's so much to be said for keeping yourself good mentally these days, and I completely agree. But people aren't talking enough about the fact that a lot of people will also get dopamine release from pain, discomfort. Like dopamine can still be released from that, not just all the good things. So yeah. I think there's a real important factor here that you need to you need to kind of get to grips with the reality of like the human body, the science behind how you can actually weather the difficulties in life to be more consistent and actually build this thing in your mind. So like that's why with every kind of new level will come new doubles like you need to always progress and push for something that's more and more uncomfortable or that resilience in you doesn't really get trained always has to be something else it doesn't mean it has to be physical the progression with careers like your business like doing just doing hard things on a regular basis because that will give you the resilience to do the hard things that you've always found difficult and might seem very small but can have a huge impact on your progress like making sure that you say no to food on your holidays or you track your calories, you get your bed on time or you stand up for yourself and say no. When you start getting okay with the discomfort and building that resilience and that part of the brain grows, you kind of become like, you feel like you're unfuckable with a little bit. You do feel like you've got the will to live and achieve and that carries over into so many things. And it's no wonder when you look at people who perform well they're also successful in different areas because they obviously have the grit and the resilience to work through it because they know that hard times are probably going to come around more often than not 100 percent. and i think like i would see when i think about it i would rather i would rather tolerate discomfort that i have chosen than discomfort that i've not and i feel that regardless of the path that you choose it still contains discomfort right when i was fucking over 18 stone and I couldn't walk the line for myself without getting out of breath. That was fucking uncomfortable. Like training for high rocks in a marathon is also fucking uncomfortable. But I would much rather choose this kind of discomfort where I'm making an active choice in line with what I want than feeling like I'm experiencing the kind of discomfort where I'm so out of control with food. I can't even move my body at fucking 22 years old without being in pain. So like... I do think there's a huge there's a there's a lot to be said for your perception of what comfort and discomfort are because I guarantee you that not having 
things that build your skills for resilience in your life feels pretty fucking uncomfortable. And it's it's a funny one because I watch like as we get older and obviously we're in our thirties now, you see like you can tell the people who have not experienced hard things in their life that have to learn the skills for resilience. And like there's a lot of people where I'm like, how the fuck do you get through life? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like how how are you surviving on a day-to-day basis? Because when you haven't experienced difficulty and you haven't chosen discomfort, you don't learn those valuable skills. It's like when you watch like the people who are raised by like enabling parents, for example, are really, really distinctive because they're used to being saved and rescued. So when you see these people as helpless adults and we, we potentially work with them in a coaching relationship, it's really, really hard to support them to take responsibility because they've not learned the necessary skills for how you navigate difficulty and discomfort that then builds your blueprint for how you do it again so like resilience is all about the under like improving the speed of your bounce back right which is that what did you call it unfucker what do you call it unfuckable with right to make to make you unfuckable with right when you're unfuckable with the speed of your bounce back is a lot faster so it's not necessarily that hard things don't happen to you but exactly as you say how you respond to those hard things changes completely right so you can go and run like you'll be doing fucking ultra marathons as a training run for an ultra marathon right that objectively is a really fucking hard thing to do but if you if your resilience was low you would make the decision beforehand i'm not going to be able to do this i'm just not going to be able to do it whereas because the speed that you'd bounce back with your resilience is high it's I'm going to take I'm going to recover and store the energy that I need to to be able to do that bounce back from the difficulty and if I learn any tough lessons I'm going to take that information and plug it in for next time. That's literally the equation of how resilience is built, and what happens for quite a lot of people is that because they don't one place their energy recovery in the correct places right so they don't have a clear understanding of where do I invest my energy, but also where do I recover my energy? See if you have been through a very challenging period from a resilience perspective where you've had to lean on your resilience stores quite significantly. You need to find the ability to recharge those, right? And you should be recharging and investing in your resilience every single day, right? At the end of each day, if I kept working, 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 working right up until I went to bed, as I used to do, when I would literally finish work, shut the laptop and go to my bed, right? And be fucking wolfing my dinner, like at some point at my desk in between it all. There was nothing there talking about my resilience stores, right? Now, if I make sure I'm finished work by half past eight, I'll go and watch an episode of Below Deck. That's going to deserve, that's going to build my resilience stores, right? When I get the opportunity to train, say, for example, in the morning, during the day, whatever it may be, there's another thing that I'm making investment in building my resilience stores, building those energy stores. And if you invest in those things every single day and you make small investments in building your energy stores every day, it means that when you need your resilience, it's there. So instead of needing resilience and there being nothing in the tank and you've been like, oh my God, how am I going to survive this? You've actively invested in making sure that you have a huge resilience store available for when you need it, but also taking the lessons for all of the times in the past that it didn't work. And when you experience discomfort in life that happens to you, a lot of the time you're leaning on a resilience store that has no skill. So it's like bad things always happen to me. Life is really difficult. I can't catch a break. It's one thing after the other, right? And you can become entrenched in it and you can identify yourself with it. 
Whereas when you choose active discomfort, and I feel like we as people and a lot of people we know, like live a life of pretty much constant, like some level of discomfort, like running your own business is a constant level of discomfort. Like if we don't work and drive in business and do a good job, we don't eat, <laughs> right? It's as simple as that. So if I want to keep a roof over my head and food on the table, I have no choice but to be in this constant state of discomfort where potentially accepting the reality that every client I have could turn around tomorrow and say, don't want you anymore, right? So I have to be able to live with the discomfort of that and still grow and make progress and do well, right? The active discomfort of constantly engaging in performance goals, physical goals, life goals, vision-based stuff, working towards the challenge. I don't want to get up out of my bed at five o'clock in the morning and go and push a fucking sled, right? Don't want to do that. Need to do it. Like, I've not really left myself with a choice to not choose discomfort because if I'm not choosing discomfort then a different kind of discomfort will happen to me and I'd rather have chosen discomfort than powerless discomfort could not agree more with that like that is that was summed up fucking beautifully Pepperman should have you on <laughs> fucking fuck Hooperman <laughs> no, I'm joking if by any chance you listen to this uh, podcast Andrew Hooperman please take me on as a as a student and teach me everything you know Aye, and can I just tag along for the fun because we kind of come as a package now. <laughs> one one day I will do the neuroscience PhD, but unfortunately at this point in time, the two, the two businesses is enough. Aye, built coach comes, well, they have to come first, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, I think yeah. that's a beautiful place to end. So basically, listen to what the fuck Jen said and <laughs> we'll build up your resilience stores and maybe you'll do better year round and not just subjectively when you kind of feel like you want to. Yeah, and make sure that the discomfort that you choose is relative to your current effort level. Yeah. Don't be the kind of person who doesn't walk anywhere and makes their first run a 10k. Be realistic and accepting of your current effort level instead of using it as a tool to punish yourself with. 100%, 100%. Like I know the people you're talking about, they run the 10k and go, I'm never running again, and they don't ever run again, and they never walk again either. Like, I know. I know. Just to say that they've done it as well, like yeah, that's swallow another, your that's, fucking pride. Aye, that's another topic for another day. <laughs> that's next week's. Aye, but guys, thank you uh, so much for tuning in again. As always, if you enjoy this, share it with your friends, your family, share it on your social media. We really want this to be something this year that people people are exposed to because I think the information on here and we always get messages for it is extremely potent. Um, I got some nice messages actually over Christmas same from people about the podcast. So if you're listening, you know who you are. So thank you for uh, dropping into the DMs. But um, we'll round off there. Great first one back and we'll see you all next week. Bye.